Barbecue Central Show, let's go. The number one barbecue show on the low. Your host, Greg Rampy, the grilling master, spreading the info, getting to you faster, asking tough questions and having a blast. The Barbecue Central Show is here at last. The best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Come on, let's go. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. I'm your host, John Solberg. Today, doubleheader, Mike Lang from Another Pint, please. Say that three times fast. Another Pint, please. Food blogger, videographer, photographer. This episode comes from September 29, 2015. It's a doubleheader. Both segments dedicated to Mike and Greg's conversation. Let's get to it. Talking with Mike Lang, and he's the creator of Another Pint Please. Anotherpintplease.com is the website. All right, Mike, so we're here to talk about tailgating tonight. As I mentioned, you know, we're into the professional football here, you know, almost four weeks now, whatever it is, maybe five weeks. Uh, the college football season has been going on. Uh, that's obviously well known for the tailgating as well. So it seems that maybe over the last, let's say, five to ten years, I wouldn't say tailgating has become more popular because, uh, but because of social media and the technology, you're seeing it in a much different way. So it almost seems like it might have become more popular and uh, more of the the in thing to do. But the diehards of 20 years ago and 30 years ago, they've been doing it like this forever and ever. What do you like about tailgating? Uh, and to start, I guess, where do you start to? make a successful tailgate because you don't want to show up in a parking lot and fall flat on your face unless you're drunk. Uh, yeah. And that could be something yeah. totally different, but right. you're right though. I mean, the biggest thing is a plan and not a plan the morning of, but days before. And I don't care if you're doing it for the game, you're doing it for an event at home where you want to spend out time with your friends and your family, but get a plan, write it out. Uh, if it's, you know, particular cook times, depending upon what you're doing multiple courses, figure out what those times are going to be get everything together and have a plan. As far as the plan is concerned and perhaps more importantly, the menu, do you have to know your skill set first before you decide the menu? Because I'm guessing you probably don't want to think you're a much better cook than you are. And once you get to perform, you know, it's kind of like not, uh, not rising to the occasion, if you will, and people are leaving disappointed, aside from yourself, who hasn't met expectation as well. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm not going to choose an event like that to try something I've never grilled before. I typically want it to be things tried and true that I know. I know what my limitations are going to be, the limitations of where I'm going to be grilling. So certainly it's not the time to try that great new idea that you had a couple days ago after three or four beers and hope it's a, a winning success because it probably will not be unless you plan for it and you prepare for it. Good tools of the trade when it comes to tailgating. Do you suggest you know, the, the big rigs? Do you suggest something that is more transient in size? What do you think works best or, or what do you see that works best? You know, in terms of grill, of course, uh, I'm a huge fan of the Weber Q line. Uh, for such a small, portable grill, it is absolutely amazing how much power they have and how much versatility they have. Um, you know, over the last couple of years, I've actually grilled on cues in a lot of crazy places outside of parking lots. Uh, and every time that I've done it, they have totally blown out my expectations as far as what they're capable of doing. 
Charcoal is great. I love to cook on charcoal. But, of course, if you're talking about taking a grill someplace else, heating up coals, and dealing with live fire, it can be problematic at times, which is why the Q is a nice addition as a gas grill to give you flexibility, ease of transport, and ease of storage. So when it comes to the menu, a lot of people are going to think burgers. A lot of people are going to think hot dogs. Some people might get a little bit more exotic with some ribs or some half chickens or whatever. But, you know, what do you what do you like to do? And what are some of those kind of out-of-the-box items that aren't, you know, that don't require like a Michelin chef to prepare them, but <laughs> can kind of give you a little bit of a wow factor in front of the crowd? You know, yeah, if you want to leave the sous chef at home, it's probably a good idea. Yeah. Um, you know, last month I was pretty lucky. I wrote an article on tailgating for Sports Illustrated, and that was one of the things that they want to talk about. What is different? What's not just burgers and brats? Yeah. Uh, and for me, that's things that you can typically eat with one hand. Uh, you know, marinated uh, skirt stick skewers are fabulous. I love to cook on planks, whether it be cedar or hickory or maple or whatever. Uh, two things happen. Number one, Cooking on a plank is incredibly forgiving. Uh, it's a great surface for appetizers. It's a great surface for a main meal. Not only do you have a forgiving cook time, it's also great for presentations. So you can crank it right off the grill, put it to your serving area. And not only is it something that your guests and probably the people around you are going to enjoy, uh, but it's awesome to look at. Another pint, please.com, the website we're talking with Mike Lane, creator of that. Mike, in regards to plank, I do have a, a line of friendship with uh, what many would consider to be the master planker, Ted Reader, up in Canada. Uh, uh, but you are uh, a, a planker, a, a lover of planking as well. So if you could kind of you know back it uh, up just a few seconds here and talk to us about uh, selecting uh, the proper plank and prepping the plank and how many uses are you getting out of a plank, stuff like this. Yeah, I mean, for the plank, you know, the most important thing typically is to make sure that you soak it ahead of time. Depending upon if you're cooking it direct or indirect, you don't want your plank to be some sort of flambe in the middle of your, your masterpiece at the tailgate. Uh, I like it not only for a main course. I know for the SI article I talked about doing a uh, – it was a double-bone pork chop with a cider reduction. Uh, but things as simple as uh, some plank potato chips I cranked out last week. Uh, you know, stuffed pepper dudes are fantastic. Even something simple as a tomato with a little bit of mozzarella and some basil on it. You put it on a plank. You put that plank over a live fire. The plank's going to smolder and catch fire, and you're adding different levels to what you're cooking. And when it comes to a great grilled meal, those multiple layers of flavor are what make for an incredibly memorable experience. So you talked about making sure that you soak it, and if you're going to be cooking over direct heat or indirect heat, is there a soak difference time if you're going to be putting it over live coals versus if you're going to have it offset? Yeah, if you're really going to be cooking direct for an extended period of time, I would say probably more than 12, 15 minutes. Really make sure you get your soak in. If you're going to cook indirect mostly, uh, just as another way of flavoring it, you know, you've cooked it, let's say you cook some meat direct on the grill, you want to put it on the plank to sort of finish it off. You know, indirect's fine probably with the minimal soak. You know, I've run into the mistake before of not soaking it and putting something over direct and come outside 20 minutes later and it's like the 4th of July. So it's going to happen to all of us, but certainly a soak's going to help prevent that. So what kind of a smoke flavor profile is being put on? Is it mild? Is it somewhere in the in the medium situation? Like what can one expect to have as far as a, a flavor additive? Yeah, it's typically pretty mild, and a lot of it depends upon the surface area, how much of whatever you're grilling is in touch 
with the plank, and then of course how much that plank is actually smoldering. You want to make sure you're not just putting it on wood and then throwing it on the grill. You want that plank to actually catch fire a little bit, so you add that smokiness to it. That smoke is as close to the meat as possible, uh, and it really, to me, makes an incredibly interesting dish out of a number of different things. The best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Come on, let's go. Mike Lang joining me here on the show uh, talking about tailgating. You've used the term home gating as well. Uh, I'm supposing that this is for folks that want to take in all the food spectacle but don't want to do it in a situation where there's going to be a lot of other people and parking situations and drunk people and what have you. Uh, I mean, can, is the menu for home gating the same thing as you're going to be doing for tailgating? Or because you're home, are you able to get a little bit more intricate now? Yeah, I think you summed it up perfectly. Not everybody wants to go anywhere, has the means to go everywhere, but the same thing holds true. You know, you want to be able to enjoy the game, enjoy your friends. So still you have to have a plan. You want to prep everything ahead of time as much as possible. Your goal is to get food on the grill, not get food ready for the grill. So whether you're at home or in a parking lot, the same process is going to hold true. And a lot of times home gating can be just as much fun or even more so by taking out the crowds and watch it on the big screen. In regards to the plank being cooked on, is it a one-and-done situation, or can you kind of scrub it down and and reuse? Yeah, I mean, probably 90% of the time I'm going to use it. Unless I use something on it, typically seafood, that really sets into it. Um, I may not reuse it again, but I'm at least getting two or three uses out of a plank easily by scrubbing it down and reusing it. Can I go to, like, Home Depot and make my own planks, or are these things that you really want to buy because you know people are doing the right thing and you're not possibly getting some kind of treated pine pressed into something or you know not dealing with anything that could get you sick or isn't real healthy yeah you you want to be careful i mean of course you you could do that you've got to make sure it's untreated wood uh but you know make sure that you're using something that's that's good for you that's using you know machines that have got food safe lubricant in it that are making these planks uh you're probably better off buying your own just to be sure uh, at least that's what I recommend. That's what I've been doing successfully for quite a while. All right, so there's ones that I could go and get at Lowe's or Home Depot or any of the big box stores. Are there brands out there that, you know, I'm sure you've messed around with a whole bunch of them that you recommend or that you like specifically? Yeah, no, I'm a huge fan of Outdoor Gourmet, uh, OutdoorGourmet.com. They're in uh, Standpoint, Idaho, and they're really probably one of the first manufacturers of wood planks in the U.S., they make an incredible product. It was a small family-owned business that went from uh, forestry work to and planking. And now, of course, it's reversed. They do planking mostly than anything else. Uh, but their product is absolutely fantastic, and I, I love using their stuff. Can't recommend it enough. In regards to menu, let's say I'm going to be going to uh, the Browns game this coming weekend, and it's I'm tasked with doing the tailgate cooking. You know, what are some recipes that you've either been working on or ones that you might be trying or ones that you know are, are good that uh, we can look at trying out this coming weekend? Yeah, I kind of touched on it before. I like this a simple marinated um, skirt steak skewer. Uh, skirt steak is very easy to eat because if you, you cut it just right, you're going to go across the, the muscle fibers. It comes right off in your mouth. Uh, a marinade for it adds an extra flavor into it, so you can have it marinate overnight, pop it on on game day, slap it on the grill, and four minutes later, with one meat skewer and one hand for your beer, you're having lunch. Uh, I like to throw in something for vegetarian friends. You know, grilled romaine is fantastic on the grill, 
and it takes literally two minutes to grill. You know, a little bit of salt and pepper, some olive oil, one minute on each side, pop it off, put on some, you know, Parmesan shavings, a little bit of a, a balsamic vinaigrette, and you've got a meal. It's either going to be a salad for your main course or an entire meal for a vegetarian friend. You're talking pizzas later. Pizza's a great possibility, too. Uh, and I'm sure you'll get into that more, but, you know, you can prep your dough ahead of time, whether it's bought from the store uh, or you make it yourself. Bring it on game day, roll it out with your fingers, have a bar of toppings, grill them directly on the grates, uh, and you've got a, a, a meal that's going to suit a wide variety of tastes because they can make their own. Obviously, with a name like Another Pint Please, you're probably into the beer situation. Do you? Are, are, would you classify yourself as a beer snob or just a, <laughs> a, a guy who likes to drink a lot of beer? Or, um, where do you come out on that? Uh, how about a beer enthusiast? All right, beer enthusiast. I'm a beer enthusiast. I was. Uh do you find that certain ones pair with, like, do you go out of your way in a tailgate to pair everything up together so you're getting a full experience? Yeah, I, I don't go out of my way all the time to pair up. I usually, you know, I always say drink what you like, you know, just because you're not trying to fit a mold. Well, I'm having beef. I should have, you know, uh, an imperial stout. No, no, drink what you like. And I think, too, to keep in mind as well, if you're going to go uh, for a tailgating event or an all-day event, Think something more on the sessionable side of the beer scale, and that is beers with a lower alcohol content that you can drink more of without getting too far in the bag versus you know shooting off with a, an 11% Russian Imperial Stout and you're asleep in the car before kickoff. So, All right, last question before I let you go, and uh, completely one that's coming off the top of my head here because I like to roll off the cup. This uh, root beer beer that I have seen racing all over the internets and the Facebooks and stuff, highly overrated or highly good? Uh, I, a little bit of both. I had one. I go, it's interesting, and that's probably the only one I've had. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's the most overhyped shit I've ever heard of in my life. I just saw all about it. My buddy brought one over, told me how great it was. Here's what I think, and you would know better than anybody because, A, you have a, a website that's related to food, and you're a police officer, so you know what uh, the mob mentality is like. If one person says it's good, it gets on Facebook and 5,800 people pick it up, I don't even think you're, think you're allowed to say it sucks, but it sucks. It's just like that Giada De Laurentiis has a big, fat head on her body. I mean, let's call a spade a spade. I mean, you're allowed to not like stuff, right? You are. You know, I've got one bottle that my fridge has been there for four months. <laughs> that should say something. Yeah, like you're probably going to use it to cook with next instead That's of putting it That's usually my shelf for cooking. Yeah, absolutely. I go, I'm going to drink it. I'm going to cook with it. Yeah, if you want to check Mike Lang out, he is the creator of Another Pint Please. Again, the website, anotherpintplease.com. You can see him on the Twitter, at anotherpintpls, which is short for please. Uh, Mike, really appreciate you coming on tonight, talking uh, tailgating. Let's do it again soon, man. Great. Thanks, I Appreciate it. It was a blast. Yeah, you got it. There he is. Mike Lang. Dayton police officer, so watch out for that. But uh, check out his blog. I mean, I really like somebody that's putting in the effort to kind of keep things fresh and exciting. And that webcam thing, that was pretty cool. It's a good two or three minute thing. And there it is from September 29 of 2015, a doubleheader with Mike Lang. If you want to hear the rest of this episode, head on over to thebbqcentralshow.com. Click on the archive button, scroll through whatever you'd like. There's a search box there. Search anything you're looking for or find out if there's an episode about it. While you're there, hit the subscribe button. 
tells you how to get uh, subscribed to the Barbecue Central Show via podcast. Never miss an episode of that show or this show again. Until next time on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less, I'm your host, John Solberg. I will talk to you soon. Another pint, please. Another pint, please. Another pint, please. The best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Come on, let's go. 